Well, good evening, Family Life Church. How you guys doing? Come on, I can't hear you. I said, how you doing tonight? Is anybody excited about being in the house of the Lord? The scripture says, oh, how good and pleasant it is for you and I to dwell together in God's presence. The reason why the Bible says that is because when we come together, we bring the presence of God with us. And when we bring the presence of God with us, because God lives on the inside of us, we bring his power because I found out that his presence does not come with his power. So it's like the wet with the water. So when we all come together as believers, powerful things happen. Are y'all ready to see some powerful things happen? Amen. Thank you all so much for honoring me. Uh, thank you all so much for having me tonight. Now, come on, family, because we are family. Will you help me to honor the man of this house and his beautiful wife? Come on, give it up for the man of God. He is doing an awesome job at doing what he does. Amen. And so I'm sure that he's excited that you allow him to do what he does. Listen, I am excited about being here. And by the way, thank you all, Lift City Church family, for coming out and being here and supporting this move of God. You know, I made an announcement and I said, I need everybody who can to come on out and let's go on over to family life to the other side of the neighborhood, to our other partners and our other family, and let's hang out tonight. And I love it because as the body of Christ, we all have our different assignments. We all have our different ministries, but that's because God knows that we're all different and what appeals to one does not appeal to the other, right? But we're all still one body and we never compete with one another, but we complete one another. That's what we do. So I am so excited, family, to be here. Uh, I'm always excited about the opportunity to teach the word of God. And I honor your pastor for giving me this opportunity because, quite frankly, he does not have to allow me or anybody else to stand up here. This is the assignment, the house that God has told him to build. So I have learned because I have been trained properly. I have learned that whenever someone gives you the honor and the privilege to stand on their platform, you must honor their house and treat their house like it's your house. So I give this man honor because he, he did not have to have me here. So I honor him. And I thank you for being willing to be here to receive what I believe that God has spoken to me to share with you tonight. You know, my passion is teaching. If you cannot tell already, you're going to be able to tell in a little bit, right? I am passionate about what I do. Uh, I taught high school for about 10 years, and I had the same passion. I've been teaching all my life. My mother would say it this way, you've been trying to tell somebody what to do all your life. And so I became a teacher. And so, you know, I taught high school, of course, in the secular industry. But now I am teaching in the body of Christ, following this assignment that God has told me to follow. And I am passionate about it, very passionate about it. Why? Because it's God's word. And I know what the word of God did for my life. Can I get a witness? Can, can y'all help me tonight? Yeah, I know what God's word did for my life. And because I know what it did for my life, I get excited about it because I know that just one word acted upon will cause an internal, eternal change on the inside of you. And guess what? When the internal change starts, it always moves its way to the outside. Can I get a witness? Amen. And so as you can see, I like dialogue. Y'all going to talk back to me tonight? Y'all not going to treat me like the substitute teacher, huh? I'm a, I promise I'm going to be good. You know, and I love your worship and the spirit of the worship. But I thought, because Pastor Brandon has been over to Live City Church, I thought he probably thought we were so loud. Because we just loud. My son is the worship leader and he loud. 
He cannot help it. He's been lying all his life. So it's just, it is what it is. But I love the atmosphere of worship and the willingness to come together and just give God glory. So I'm getting ready to start. I do this at Lift City Church. I always say this. We have a mission at Lift City Church. We exist to lift people into their next level relationship with Christ. There they go. They saying it. <laughs> That's what we exist to do. And so we come up with this terminology that we use around our ministry so we're all on one Court. And every Sunday when I get up to teach or preach or whenever I'm teaching at, you know, any service at our church, I always ask them because, you know, prior to the liftoff, if you ever been on a plane, you got to be strapped in. So I have a question for you, family. Are y'all strapped in tonight? Because I promise you, it's getting ready to be a liftoff. So, Father, I come into agreement with all of the prayers that have already been prayed. Once again, I thank you for the privilege, the honor, and the opportunity to sow seeds of your word into the people that you have brought here tonight. Now, Father, I thank you that this word will not fall on hard ground, but on good ground, and that it will cause the change on the inside of them that will take their lives to the next level. In Jesus' name, amen. I can promise you one thing tonight, and that is that this is the lowest that you'll ever be in life. I, okay, I don't have enough people excited about that. I can promise you one thing tonight, that no matter where you feel you are, this is the lowest point that you're going to be for the rest of your life. And the reason why I can promise you that is because the word of God says that every time we hear and apply his word, we go up. That's why the scripture said God takes us from glory to glory. Aren't you glad you left your, glad, your last glory and you're in your new glory? And because there's another glory and some more glories waiting for you, aren't you glad? This is the lowest point. Y'all thought it was going to be deep and spooky, huh? It's not deep or spooky. It's just plain as day. It's not spooky and deep. He's just taking us every time we position ourselves to hear God's word. So whether you're tuning in online or you're coming here every Sunday morning or Wednesday night or whatever it is, Bible study, life groups, whatever you're doing, every time you position yourself to hear God's word, you go up. And I want you to get that tonight because what we have to understand is God's word is powerful. And God's word is true. God's word is not opinion. We got a lot of opinions in the world today. But but the truth always trumps opinion. Am I right about it? So God's word is not my opinion. It is his word that he breathed into the life of men and women who were well, men probably back in then. I don't know why I said woman, but that was men because back there they had issues with us. But aren't y'all glad that the church has grown? up to understand that God can use whoever he wants to use and there's no gender in God. Of course, we have to keep our respective roles and all that good stuff, but there's no gender in God. And God is just raising up so many people uh, all over the world to get the word out so that your life and my life can change. So I came here tonight uh, not just because Pastor Brandon invited me, because the truth is that Pastor Brandon was God's tool tonight to get this word. Amen? Uh, to you, uh, through me, to you. And so I came here tonight really to encourage you. Oh, I want you to be so encouraged in the Lord. I said, sometimes you just got to stop and encourage yourself in the Lord. You know, we're living in a time and in a world today where we've all been through a lot. People have been through a lot. Children have been through a lot. Uh, parents have been through a lot. Lord knows. I, if you're a parent and you had to teach your kids and you had to be the parent and the teacher and the counselor, raise your hand right now. Father, I pray a supernatural <laughs> restoration to your mind, your emotions, and your soul. Cause I cannot even imagine because my kids are grown, grown now. Praise Jesus. Because I was not graced for that. And, and so, there's been a lot that has happened. There's been a lot going on in our church world. There's been a lot that has happened even in a pastor's world. You know, and I'm the transparent type of person. Church is not what it used to be. And that's okay. 
You know, because I always look for the silver lining because I know what the Bible says, that I look to the hills from which cometh my help, and my help comes from the Lord. So it doesn't matter that it's not the same. I don't dwell on the fact that it's not the same. I'm looking forward to what it's going to change into. Amen? And so that pressure, we have all been through a lot. The country has been through a lot. We have, you know, division and strife and all these things in ways that we've never seen before. And that's why I'm so honored to work hand in hand in the kingdom of God with people like Pastor Brandon and other great pastors and people in this city. Give it up for our city because our city, you know, we, we have some issues, but we know how to come together when it's time to come together. You know, I take issue. I lived in Washington, D.C. for 25 years of my life. And people was from time to time say to me, oh, you're not from here. You have an accent. And then they say, you're a country girl. I say, look, you're, I'm country, but, but I will fight you in a minute. Don't talk about my people. I'm proud to be where I'm from because they don't make many like us. Because we can go through some stuff and we'll just bounce right back up. Y'all know what I mean? We are strong people, confident people. And so there's been a lot of loss. There's been a lot of strife. There's been loss of loved ones uh, in the church. And as far as kids go, like on, you know, football teams and sports and all of those things, there's been a lot of loss of community. There's been loss of jobs, loss of friendships, even loss of relationships, loss of marriages, loss in the world that we, you know, loss of the world that we thought we knew and how we had become accustomed to. None of those things exist anymore. And all of those things lost, no matter what it looks like, it leads to grief, right? And grief is pressure and it's stress. And then out of that comes disappointment. And that type of pressure, it can make you feel like sometimes you just want to throw in the towel. But guess what? I came here on an assignment tonight to encourage you in the Lord that you are not throwing in any towels tonight. No, 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 no. We are not. Because the scripture says that he is Jehovah Jireh. He is our victory and our banner. So although I may not feel like in this moment and at this present time that there is victory, the word of God says that he is my victory. So it doesn't matter what I see on this level. As long as I see on that level, he is my victory. And so I'm here tonight to remind us all that we have to stay faithful to the call and to the cause because God has not forgotten us. That's why the psalmist said, he said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, meaning it may appear to be death, but it is not death. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why, David? Because thou art with me. Thou rod and thy staff, they comfort me. You lead me beside the still waters. You comfort me and you care for me. I don't look at what I see. I look at what I know. And the word of God tells me what I know. And so in this world today, our hope, people's hope has been dashed and it's been dis diminished. And, you know, people are feeling some type of way, as this generation said. But that's why I'm here tonight. Because I want to remind you tonight that you have everything that you need to stay in the game. Can you yell it out one more time, one time for me as an act of your faith? I will stay in the game. Why? Because deep down on the inside of you, even though it feels like the pressure has pushed that thing all the way down, deep down on the inside of you, you have the grit to stand in the day of adversity. And so tonight we're going to do some stirring up. To remind us, because when you go home, you may not like what's going on at home. You may not like what's going on on your job. You may not like what's going on in some of the places that you've been. But I came to remind you to stir it up on tonight. And you know why? Because you can change what you don't like because God has given you he, him, Holy Spirit to rest on the inside of you. And you can change it for yourself. Why? Because you have the power of God on the inside of you, even though it feels like the pressure is pushing him down he still reigns on the inside of us so when you leave here tonight you're gonna go home perspective changed it's all in our perspective we win in life say that with me say I win in life in second Peter chapter 1 verse 13 I'm reading from the voice version of the Bible or translation I should say verse 13 says Peter said as long as I draw breath 
In other words, as long as I am living, he says, I know it is right for me to keep on stirring you up with these reminders. Why is Peter saying that? There is power in remembering. Remember who was it uh, that, that slew Goliath? Let me see y'all, what a Bible student is that? Yeah, yeah, David slew Goliath, right? He killed him. And so David said in a different passage of scripture, he said, I'm not afraid of the lion or the bear. Why? Because he remembered that he killed the giant. So in stirring us up, God reminds us of our past victories to connect them to our present situations. So I want you just to take a moment right now, no matter how you feel, no matter what's going on, and just remember for just one moment, one thing that God brought you out of, one thing that God did for you, one way that God encouraged you. Maybe God sent somebody to encourage you. Maybe God gave you a job when there was no job. How about this? Maybe God kept you through the pandemic when you lost your job. Just remember that. Because he's still the same God yesterday, today, and forevermore. So I want to remind you today, number one, I want, to rem- I want you to remember who you are. Romans 8, 37, Passion Translation. It says, yet even in the midst of all these things. Okay, do they have that scripture up on the screen? The reason why I ask that question is because I want to make sure that you're ready for what's about to come next. He says, yet, even in the midst of all this drama that's going on in the world today, even in the midst of all of this trauma that many people are experiencing, he says, even in the midst of all these things, we triumph over them all. Isn't God a good God? He said, even in the midst of all of it, don't stay focused on what you don't have because at the end of the day, we triumph over them all. And then he goes on to say, for God, for who? Has made us to be more than conquerors. Now, now, I don't know about you, but when I was faced with in 2018, my 26-year-old daughter, she's sitting right here on the front row. Raise, Raise your hand, Kirsten. And I tell this story everywhere I go. At 26 years old, my daughter was living and working in Los Angeles. My husband and I were, uh, it was 4th of July weekend. We were en route from Washington, D.C. We had moved out of our town home. We had leased it out, and we were moving all of our items and personal belongings here to Louisiana. And we were in this U-Haul truck. Everybody say the U-Haul truck. Worst ride of your life. All the way from Washington, D.C. That is not the will of God. Let somebody else take your stuff. So so she calls because she hasn't been feeling well. We knew she wasn't feeling well, but we had kept telling her to go to the doctor and be an advocate for your help. You know, keep going until they can figure out what's going on. So she gives me a call. I believe we were somewhere around South Carolina. And she says, Mom, they did a CAT scan, was it? And they found something in my chest. And they're saying, is this mass in my chest? Now, how many of y'all know if your child tells you that or anybody you love or care about, your heart, it kind of sinks. She's 26 years old. As they say in the world, she's living her best life at 26 years old. Long story short, she was diagnosed with lymphoma. And at the moment, we were in her apartment in Los Angeles. We had gone through all the tests and all of that kind of stuff, waiting for the test results. And the, uh, I was about to say the lymphomaologist, but that is not the correct word. That is not even a word. What is the name of the doctor? The oncologist. <laughs> Y'all know how we make up stuff. <laughs> so, so the oncologist, he calls her and he says, Kirsten, cause she puts him on speakerphone. She, he says, Kirsten, are you with your family? How many of y'all already know what he, because, because if, if it's not anything, he's going to say, Kirsten, you're good to go. But he, the moment he said, are you with your family? We all knew what the result was. So he tells her, Hey, you know, it came back. You have lymphoma, whatever the type was. And, uh, he says, uh, and so what's going to happen now is I, I need to know how soon you can get to the hospital. Now, how many of you know that's urgency? He said, so, so my daughter was like, well, I can come tomorrow. He said, no, 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 no. Do you have time today? Because we don't have time to play. This is very aggressive. 
So we make the arrangements to go that afternoon. And then she comes and she sits down and she sits between her father and I. And like any daughter would, she turns and she looks at her dad. And she looks at her dad with the question of like, what's going to happen to me? Like, what am I supposed to do at this moment? The scripture says, for God has made us more than conquerors. So she turns and she looks at her dad. And her dad, because he knows what this word says, that we are more than conquerors. How? Through Christ Jesus, who has demonstrated his love for us and has given us victory over everything. Cancer is a thing. God has given me victory, not over some things, over everything. And it doesn't matter that the world is afraid of cancer, but God has not given us, you and I, the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. He's made us to be more than conquerors through Christ Jesus who loved us. This is not a figment of our imagination. This is the truth of God's word. I am more than a conqueror. So instinctively, he turns and he looks at her because he knows the question that she's asking. Am I going to be all right? And he looks at her. He said, princess, my seed took care of this need a long time ago. Now, people tend to think in the church, every time you talk about seed, you're talking about money. He was not talking about money. He was talking about the seed of his knowledge of the word of God that he had planted on the inside of me as his wife and both of his children. He was talking about that seed has a harvest date and the harvest date is going to be you being healed of cancer in Jesus name. Because the Bible says that whatever a man sows, including the word of God, that will he also reap. So when you sow the word of God into your life, there's a harvest that exists for your life when life is trying to take you out of life. My seed took care of the need. I want to remind you today who you are. You are more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus who loved you. I need you to get your conqueror face on because warriors and conquerors don't just walk around looking sad. Warriors and conquerors know who they know, who they know, who they know they are. And when life tries to throw itself at it, warriors and conquerors stand up and say, I refuse to be anything other than what God has called me to be. I am an overcomer and a conqueror. That's what God has called me to be. I want you to remember what he said about your future over in John chapter 16, verse 33 in the voice translation. This is what he said. He says, I have told you these things that you will be whole and at peace. That's what he said about me. He said, I can be at peace. He said, I have not given you the kind of peace that the world knows, but the peace that was the kind of peace that will surpass all of your understanding. People ask us all the time today as a family, how did we get through that moment? It's that peace of God that rests on the inside of you. I wasn't tripping. I wasn't anything. I was like, well, I've been tested. Jesus said, in the world, you're going to have persecution. In the world, you're going to have tribulation. I don't know why we act so surprised because he already told us. Y'all know how we trip out when something happened. Oh, my God. And Jesus said, in the world, you're going to have tribulation. In the world, you're going to have tribulation and things are going to happen that's going to try to take you out. Why? Because the devil wants the word that on the inside of you. We, you and I are not fit to fight a battle with the enemy. That's why the scripture says we must fight the good fight of faith. And why is the fight good? Anybody know why the fight is good? The fight is good because I win. So he says, fight the good fight of faith because we are not any match for the enemy because the enemy is only after the word that you say you know. So ever notice how I think Pastor Brandon mentioned uh, a, uh, a marriage meeting or something that was held uh, not that long ago. Was it a marriage meeting you mentioned just now? I don't know, but I thought you said uh, something about a marriage meeting. But you ever been to a marriage meeting and it seemed like you and your spouse are fine? And you're sitting in the marriage meeting and you're getting the word of God. And then, you know, you go out and then maybe you need to, you know, you need to decide where you're going to catch dinner or lunch or whatever. And you're trying to decide and you say, well, honey, where you want to go? Well, wherever you want to go. 
Where is where you want to go, Web? And then before you know it, you're in a full-blown argument and you just left an hour and a half seminar on marriage ministry. The enemy is coming to get the word. The Bible that you say you know, he's coming to test you to see if you're going to stand on it. So I want to remind you of what God says about your future. My favorite, favorite passage of scripture, Jeremiah 29 11. He says, I know the plans that I have towards you, says the Lord. They are plans for peace, are good and not of evil. My plan for you is peace and not disaster. Plans to give you a future filled with hope. I said I came to encourage you tonight that your future, I don't care what we're seeing going on in this world today, your future is filled with hope. Because Jeremiah 29, 11 says God has a plan for us. And his plan is to give us a future and a hope. So it's not over yet. It's not over till I say it's over. It's not over till I say it's over. And I'm not saying it's over till I go up to be with Jesus. Notice I said I'm going up. I don't want to be buried. I don't like closing places. I want to be raptured with the Lord. I don't want to be put in a box. I need Jesus to come before that time. Because I don't want my claustrophobic uh, spirit to get hold of that box and, you know, cause some strange things to happen. And so the Bible says that God, he knows his thoughts and his plans towards us. Isn't he a good God? He said, my plan is to give you no matter what's going on and what you're faced with in life. My plan is to give you a hope and a future. I want you to remember how to stand your ground when the adversities of life, when they hit, you got to know how to stand your ground. Y'all know we are very experienced with hurricanes in this particular region. Have you ever witnessed somebody trying to uh, uh, shore up their house, their business, or whatever in the middle of the hurricane? Because when we look at that, we're like, what is wrong with those people? Because hurricanes, we have warnings for them, right? It's the equivalent of Jesus saying, in the world, you're going to have trouble. We have a warning that trouble is going to come. So we cannot build our house while the trouble exists. In other words, we cannot build in the storm. We must build before the storm. You cannot build in the storm. You got to build before the storm. It's the same thing that happened uh, with my family and I when our daughter was diagnosed. We had something that we had built in the word of God that we were prepared to handle in the day of adversity. And I'm here today to tell you that she is the healed of the Lord. Our God is a good God. Serving in ministry and fulfilling the purpose, plan, and will of God for her life. She did a radio interview and the host asked her, she said to her, how did you feel when the doctor told you that you were healed of cancer and there was no more, no longer any sign of cancer in your body? She said, I feel like I was told when I was old. What was she meaning? She meant, I know what God says about me. And healing belongs to me. That's why the scripture says that healing is the children's bread. It belongs to you and it belongs to me. That's why the scripture says, Isaiah 53, 4 and 5, by his stripes, I am healed. That's why Jesus went around healing everybody. Y'all remember the woman with the issue of blood? The Bible says she pressed her way through the crowd and she touched his, his garment. And Jesus said, who touched me? And he turned around and he looked at the woman. He said, your faith has made you whole. The just shall live by faith. You and I do not live by what we see. We live by what we know according to the word of God. So I want to remind you today how to stand your ground. Say, I must stand my ground. Come on, come on. I need you to get it in your heart and in your spirit. Say, I must stand my ground. You got to stand your ground on who God said you are and what God said about you. Ephesians chapter 10 verses 10, chapter 6 verses 10 through 18. This is what he says. He says, finally, brothers, this is Paul writing to the church at Ephesus. So he's writing to the church and he says, finally, brothers and sisters. Thank God he got sisters in there. Thank God. Finally, brothers and sisters, draw your strength and might from God. Why? Because he's omnipotent, the all-powerful one. Then he says, put on the full armor of God to protect yourselves from the devil and his evil schemes. You got to stand your ground. We are not waging war against enemies of flesh and blood alone. This fight is against tyrants, against authorities, 
against supernatural powers and demon princes that slither in the darkness of this world and against spiritual armies that lurk about in heavenly places. Jesus is saying, our fight is not with the people that we feel are coming against us. Our fight is with the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of darkness has a hierarchy. And he's coming against the kingdom of light. And so that's why we have to be shored up in the word of God. We got to stand our ground because it ain't over yet, y'all. We're going to see some more stuff because the Bible tells us that. But you got to stand your ground. Why? Because God has not given us the spirit of fear. He has not. And he said to us, while you don't look at the things that are seen, you look at the things that are eternal. Why? Because the, the things that are seen are temporal. They are subject to change. So in the case of my daughter's cancer, what we had to do is realize what the scripture said. You got to bring the scripture to life in your life. I said, you got to bring the scriptures to light in your life. We're not just coming to church because somebody told us to come to church. I'm coming to church because I need some stuff on the inside of me to face the world out there that is anti the kingdom of God. The world out there that will try to stop me from living the life that God wants me to and stop me from representing the kingdom of God and stop me from loving people so that they can enter the kingdom of God. So we don't look at what we see because it's temporary. It's subject to change. So what I know is that her cancer situation is subject to change. That has the possibility and the ability to change. But what does not change is the word of God. And he gave me a promise. That promise was healing. So I lean on the healing and not on the thing that's about to change. I stay stuck on the healing because I know that his word does not change. He says, I am the Lord God and I change not. So I focus in on what I know. Verse 13, and then he says, and this is why you need to be head to toe in the full armor of God so you can resist during the evil day. Raise your hand if you think we're living in an evil day. Somebody say for real though, PT, that's what they call me at church, for real though. So you can resist during these evil days and be fully prepared to hold your ground. Say, I must hold my ground. Verse 14, he says, yes, as an affirmative, stand. Truth banded around your waist, righteousness as your chest plate, and feet protected in preparation to proclaim the good news of peace. And then in verse 16, I find it very interesting here. He says, don't forget to raise the shield of faith above all else. Why do we need to raise the shield of faith? He said, because you need to extinguish or put out the flaming spears that the enemy will hurl at you. With your faith, you block the stuff that the enemy comes at you with. And so it's like if somebody were, were, were shooting, uh, let's say, what, what, what do people shoot? Arrows. If somebody was shooting an arrow at me, the Bible says, and with my faith, as I see the arrow coming, I gotta move to the right. And as I come, I gotta move to the left. You know, you gotta make sure that you are blocking what the enemy will throw at you. How do you do it? The Bible says you gotta raise your shield of faith. Verse 17, verse 17, take also the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And then he says, pray always, pray in the spirit, pray about everything. That's what we did earlier. We prayed for people. We pray about everything. Why? Because the scripture says the prayer of a righteous man availeth much, meaning the prayer of the righteous will get the job done. Yeah, it'll get the job done. And then he says, and keeping all this in mind, pray on behalf of God's people. So the battle that we face is not against people. The battle that we face is not what we see, it's what we don't see. The powers of darkness are always going to try to or attempt to advance against the kingdom of God. And the Bible says that the kingdom of God suffers violence, but the violent, we take it by force. In other words, God says what belongs to you as a believer, the kingdom of darkness is going to try to take it away from you, but you got to take it by force. You take back everything that the enemy has taken away from you. If he's tried to take your marriage, take your marriage back. If he's tried to take your children, take your children back. If he's trying to take your prosperity, take your prosperity back. If he's trying to take your health, take it back. You got to get a take back spirit on you, not a clap back spirit. Get a take back spirit on you. Take it back. And when the enemy, he drops stuff off at your door that does not belong to you. You tell them this does not belong to me. A bad marriage does not belong to me. 
Abuse does not belong to me. This does not belong to me. I'm a child of God. Yes, I understand life will present some things, but I do not have to accept what the word of God says that I have been excluded from. I will not accept it. So Paul, he teaches us in this passage of scripture how to stand our ground. I, I, can you give me some practice tonight? Can you just get up just for a moment, just for a moment in an act of your faith? Just stand your ground. Just, just stand your ground. Because I believe the Bible says faith without works is dead. In other words, you got to add something to your faith. And sometimes, especially like in the case of my daughter, when she was going through the chemotherapy and all of that, she was so weak, she couldn't walk or sometimes and do certain things. But as an act of her faith, she would stand me up and say, Mom, I can't make it to the door, but cancer will not keep me down. So what she did was she wrapped her arms around my back and I began to carry her. She said, because in his weakness, my strength is made perfect. He said, it, she said, in my weakness, his strength is made purpose, perfect. It was an act of her faith, an act of her will to say, devil, I don't feel like I'm winning, but I'm going to show you I'm winning. And sometimes you just got to show the devil I'm winning in life. It doesn't matter what it feels like. We don't walk, church, by what we feel. We walk by what we know. And I know that God is for me. And the scripture says, because God is for me, who or what can be against me? Who can stand? We, that's not just a song that we sing. Who can stand in the, in the presence of God? Who, who can stop God? Nothing. And that same God lives on the inside of you. You are unstoppable unstoppable. I said you're unstoppable. Don't you allow life to push you down and take you out. I know we've all been through a lot. You can be seated. I remember at the day that the pandemic hit, we were moving out of our old location into a location twice the size. I remember that. And then they shut us down for a year and a half. No church. I am committed to a $150,000 renovation. I had to get up every day and talk to myself. God, you said. <laughs> and I just kept reminding God of what he said. Why did I do that? Because the scripture says, he said, call upon me and I will answer you. And I will show you great and mighty things which you know not. See, I couldn't see the end of where we are today in a brand new facility and all is well. I couldn't see that end, but I could see God. So I would stand up and talk to myself every day because the pressure of the situation was trying to take me down and take me out. So I had to remind myself, this ain't your thing, this God thing. And my life does not belong to me. Your life does not belong to you. It belongs to God. So what we do is we take the pressure on ourselves because we forget that we are not responsible for ourselves. So now we have to train ourselves that when life happens, you got to look at God and say, I, I see all of, I, I see that I don't have a job. I see that I have more bills than money. I see some stuff that has happened. I do see it because I, I, I ain't spooky. It's there. We realize that it's there. But then I take my, my focus off of that and then I look at God and I say, God, now that's your problem. I am trained. I have trained myself. I say, God, that's your problem. Whatever's going on in my life, my son in college, raised up in the church, you know God, he want to act like he ain't never heard of Jesus. What? what? All you know is Jesus, but you're going to get to college and act like you don't know Jesus? I looked at God and I said, God, that ain't my problem. That's your problem. And today he's the worship leader. Today he's worshiping God. He's the creative pastor. Listen, that's not, it's not your problem. Look at somebody and encourage them, say, whatever it is, it's not your problem. Y'all remember Shambach? Anybody remember Shambach? Shambach used to have this saying, you don't have any problems. All you need is faith in God. Why? Because my life is not my own. It belongs to God. Listen, Paul in the scriptures and all of the other scriptures that I've read, what God is telling us is that he's saying you're going to have to have some grit to stand. You've got to have some grit. Now, why? Because the enemy is not just going to allow you to have 
your life. He's not. He's not because he knows the Bible said that his days are short. As a matter of fact, y'all do remember that Lucifer, Satan, he knows about the privilege and the benefit that it is to serve God because he was in the position. So because he knows what it looks like and he knows the privilege and the benefit it is, he always coming after us. Why? Because he's a hater. He messed up. And now he wants what he should have rightfully had. So he keeps coming after us. And he's not going to just let you have it. So you're going to have to take it. Now, grit isn't just courage. I want you to understand that. Grit is resolve. It's not just courage. It's resolve. It's resolve that when the enemy comes to you, or the doctor, I should say, comes to you with an evil report, about your health or your body is a resolve that says, I hear you, doctor, and I understand what you're saying. But healing is the children's bread. Sickness does not belong to me. That's a resolve. The resolve is you're working a job, and for many people this has happened, and they'll come to you because of, I guess, pandemic, whatever else has happened, all field industry, all of that, and they say, we can no longer, no longer keep you on the payroll. Resolve is, this job is not my source. God is my source. This job ain't my source. It's just the avenue, it's the vehicle that God used to get the stuff to me. Job is not my source. So you have to have this resolve and this resilience to last during tough times. There are three ingredients to grit. Number one is holiness. Let me run through this real quick. Holiness. I want you to remember the three ingredients, the grit, just like you remember uh, how to uh, make cement. Somebody told me that cement, cement consists of, I want to say, water, sand, and I guess some cement that you get in the bag. That's what they told me. Well, is that right? Did they lie to me? Is that right? Who knows? Well, they said it was three parts, okay? So keep that in mind that grit has three parts. Number one is holiness. Holiness is important because the Bible says, God says, be holy because I am holy. Now, you're not trying to get holy. He's saying, be what you already are. He called you holy. You, you can't get holy. Get, do y'all know we can't do anything to qualify to be holy? He makes us holy. Now, why do you want to be holy and operate and submit to the order of God? Because when you're outside of the will of God and you know you're not doing what God is asking you to do, what happens is we can't have confidence, right? See, in Hebrews, he says to us, he says, come boldly through the throne of grace. He said, come to me. Tell me what you want. Ask, and it will be given. He tells us that. But when we mess up, it's just like our kids. Like my kids, they know if they're not doing what's required of them, if they're not holding up the standard, they are not coming to me. They will not come. But if they know that they have done everything that I have required of them, honey, they will come and knock on my door, use their key to get in my house. Mom, I have done. And they will pull out the scroll. And I have done all of this. Now, you've always told us that, that obedience was the covenant connector. And since I am your child, I am in covenant with you. So may I have $500, $5,000, may I have, because I've done all. See, that's the mindset that God is expecting us to go to him with and say, look, I pull out my receipt book. Father, I've left all that I know to follow you. Not that he owes me anything, but I'm just doing what he told me to do. He said, remind him. He said, remind me of what I said. So holiness is important because it helps you with your character. And good character breeds strong confidence. When you have good character, it's like you can be bold. You ever, you ever came across people who won't look at you in your eyes? That's a, <laughs> that's a character issue. That's why they won't look at you. Number two, holiness means to be both set apart and to be standard. Second part of holiness. It requires one part holiness. Everybody say it with me. Say holiness. It requires one part honor. You got to be honorable. Honorable to the powers that be because the Bible tells us to be, we're not honoring a person, we're honoring the position. So whether you're talking about government or you're talking about church, the Bible says for us to have honor. 
Why? Because honor puts you in a position of privilege. The Bible teaches us, it says for children, when you honor your parents and you do the right thing, the Bible says you get long life. In marriage, the Bible says that when you honor one, uh, one another in marriage, then your prayers won't be hindered. Do y'all spouse get on y'all nerves sometimes? All of us, we're guilty of it. But I have learned after 30-something years of marriage, I'm going to honor. Why? Because I don't want my prayers to be hindered. I'm believing God for some stuff. I ain't got time to be thinking about you, Derek Ballard. I'm going over here by my business because I'm believing God for some stuff. And I know I'm about to say something. And if I say something, I'm going to mess up the honor and I'm going to mess up my privileges. I don't have time for this. So I talk myself down off of the cliff. I, I talk myself down. Because I know it's going to mess with my stuff, right? And then the Bible, somebody said, that's so selfish. <laughs> thank, thank you, my brother. Thank you for feeling me. Because it is so selfish, but I'm trying to get what God has for me. Somebody say, by any means necessary. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. And then you want to honor your pastor. You want to you, you lift up the man of God. You want to be a support to him. Even when you don't understand, our role in the church is to support and to push the vision. Why? Because we don't have to answer for that. I don't have to answer and you don't have to answer for what God told Pastor Brandon. So even when I don't understand, I don't understand, I don't even agree. But but you the pastor and the Bible says for me to honor you. And I'm going to do this because God said that when I don't honor you, then that is no advantage to me. So really, Pastor Brandon, I ain't thinking about you. I'm just trying to get advantage. <laughs> and then finally, finally, one part hope. So you need holiness, you need honor, and you need hope. Hope is like the flame that lights the candle. You know, candles leave an aroma, right? And that aroma to me is like faith. It infiltrates a life, my life and somebody else's life. Because you can light a candle in one room and you begin to smell the candle in all the rooms of the house. So when you light a candle, the flame goes beyond just the thing that you lit. It infiltrates. So you got to think of hope like the flame that lights other people's candles so that they can live and smell the sweet aroma of this life that God has given us. I had this, this illustration I want to show you, and I'm closing with this. Thank you, Pastor Brandon, for allowing me to be here. I don't know if it's going to work. I'm going to just tell y'all the truth. Because as a kid growing up, I had this this toy called the Weeble Wobble. Stay right there, baby. I had this toy called the Re Weeble Wobble. And I, I like to think of this illustration because in life, life will try to give you sucker punches that will take you down. It's like you could be going on about your business like we were going on about our business, living our life, and here comes the sucker punch where the enemy attacks my child with cancer. That's a sucker punch. And instead of crying because the word of God was down on the inside of me, I wanted to cry, but I got angry. There was a righteous indignation that rose up on the inside of me. And I said to the enemy, how dare you? You have the audacity, the unmitigated gall to step to me and attack my child. I am a child of the most high God. And everything that God could possibly say about me, I ran down every scripture I could think of. I said, you want to fight? You got one. And it was a sucker punch. And you know, with the weeble wobble, it has this base on the inside. And I can tell you that ain't the same thing here. But there's this base on the inside of it that no matter which direction you punch it from, it'll bounce back up. I want to close with this today. I speak over you the weeble wobble spirit. That when the enemy punches you in life, you bounce back up. Yeah. Every time he throw a sucker punch at you, well, that didn't go that well. 
But I think that proves the point. Sometimes you don't even see it coming. You don't even see it coming. But you got to pick up the pieces of whatever is left. And you got to bounce back every single time. Because God has given you the bounce back spirit. We are all some weeble wobbles. You may, may, you may weeble. You may wobble. You may even fall down. But ain't no way you staying down. There is no way you going to stay down. Because you got the greater one on the inside of you. There's no way we're going to stay down. So family, be encouraged today. Be encouraged in the Lord. I know it's tough out here in these Christian streets. But you be encouraged in the Lord. And every time you feel like you want to give in. Every time you feel like you want to throw in the towel. I know what that feels like. Bounce back. Don't let the enemy have what belongs to you. I love y'all today. Pastor Brandon, thank you so much. I'm so honored. Thank you. If you would, just lift your hand in the sanctuary. Father, I decree and I declare strength to your people. I decree and I declare joy to your people, Father. I decree and I declare long-suffering and stamina and stick-to-itness because in our weakness God your strength is made so perfect so we take this moment we take this time we take this opportunity to be encouraged and we will not allow division and strife and separation dwell not with us not on our watch God we're going to stand together with one another and for one another and strengthen one another. And we're going to be there for one another, God. Why? Because your word says two are better than one. We are better together. So I thank you that tonight we are all strengthened in you, Father. And we are strengthened that we're going to run on longer and longer and longer, God. Because you go before us. Goodness and mercy follow us. And your favor surrounds us like a shield. We're covered and because of that we are encouraged. And so Father, I thank you and for everything that Pastor Brandon has sown out in these uh, years that he's been here. I pray, Father God, for a great harvest in this vision and this assignment. Father, send him everything that he needs so that everything will be in the house, God. Father, I thank you that you surround him with people who will be like errands to him. And they will hold up his arms during this season and the, the, during this work, God. So that your name can be glorified right here on Dulles Street or Road or whatever it's called. God, I thank you right now that this place would be a beacon light of your victory and your glory. That people will come in here and right when they walk through the doors, they'll be healed, God. Their hearts will be made whole. And we thank you for his family and for his children that you meet all of their needs and you bless them abundantly, God, for everything that they're doing in every, and I pray the same prayer for every person who supports this call and this assignment. And Father, we give you the glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. I love you and thank you so much for your time.